Hey, welcome back to Guitar Cast. I'm Andy Keithley, and this is a special Fish Tour Report episode with my longtime friend Joe Police. Joe was on the Guitar Cast episode 31 back in 2018, and he was happy to sit down with me in Vegas and talk about 4.0 Fish and this year's Halloween run. So, welcome back, Joe Poe. Joe Police returns to the guitar cast. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're, we are in Vegas. We're in the city. What, what is, I don't even know, like Los Angeles is the city of an- angels, but I don't know what Las Vegas means. City of crazy. I mean, I almost moved here. If you Really? Yeah. I, uh, I remember, you know, I was in Kansas City working and uh, I remembered, like, just it was like an article or something, and it was about how Vegas is so ch- it's cheap to live in. Interesting. At least back then, I think it's getting more expensive now. But like, they pay their teachers really well. Oh yeah. And like, cost of living is low. It's so easy to get in and out of Vegas via an airplane. True. Um, but I just, I, I, it was one of those things, like, I just thought about it. I'm like, oh, that'd be an interesting place to live for a bit. But I just decided not to. But And now you're in... Colorado. Breckenridge. Breckenridge. Not a, um, not a bad alternative. No. And, you know, I wanted to learn how to ski and um, be in cold weather all the time. So that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, life is good. And, uh, you know, since the last time we've talked, a lot has changed. Yeah, world and yeah, with, that was a while ago. Um, yeah, it was 2018, summer tour 2018, uh-huh. um, at the end of the West Coast leg, and then um, yeah, we uh, we did a lot of shows in 2019. 2019 was a really good year, uh, and then you know these are kind of the re- residuals of 2020 that should have been. Um, yeah, and you've been on a lot of this year's tour. Yeah, so we did. I was fortunate. We did Arkansas at the last minute. Um, that was like a, it was a close show to Kansas City. And so a lot of the KC crew went and we made it work, flew in, flew out, um, and then f- went to Nashville for two nights. And then we did Deer Creek and then we did Dick's and then, um, and then we did San Francisco, LA and Vegas and we're here. Yeah, and I picked so. up with you on in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and uh, have been to a number of shows since then. Yeah, yeah, and like it's just an embarrassment of riches at this point. Yeah, wouldn't you agree? All the yeah. the shows have been stellar. So I often call, like, I'll call my brother, and I'll say the phrase like, "Oh man!" Like every year, every show, we'll if I'm on tour, he'll be like, "How is it?" I'm like. Oh man, they're firing on all cylinders. And I <laughs> always say that. And he, at this point, it's it begs the question, are there any cylinders left? Yeah. And can it... And, and I, it's such a... You know, the band has, has changed so much over their career and their sound and what they what they play, how they play. And it's, you know, I, I think of like the golden years to me like, my favorite era of Fish was late 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, the 97 through 2000 era is what I really like to listen to. Agree. Um, I find, though, since, since uh, I guess, the first shows in 2021, 4.0, mm-hmm. right. that I'm listening to 
all recent 4.0 shows. I haven't listened to an old show in a long time. I think during during the pandemic era lockdown, I was listening to a ton of old 97 yeah. through 99. And Are you, do you listen to tapes or do you listen to... Uh, I, I have uh, most of the Live Fish catalog yeah. uh, in MP3 form. I've just recently got the Live Fish app, so I've yeah. been listening on there. Yeah. I, I do prefer a, a soundboard recording. Occasionally, I'll listen to an audience uh-huh. recording just to, if there's like a big audience reaction to a song yeah. or something like that. I'll, I go I go down the rabbit hole. Like all every now and then, somebody will mention a show. And I'll be like, huh, that's interesting. Or I'll see, like, there's a Instagram thing. It's like this day in fish history. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, huh, that looks like an interesting show. Let me listen to that. And so I'll go on the re-listen app and, and check out the, the audio. Um, I did start at, 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 I can't remember, it was at some point during 2020, during not necessarily lockdown, but I was just kind of working from home. And I started re-listening to all of summer of 1999. Yeah, I remember you telling me about and that. And I, I feel like that's a um, kind of like a, 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 a like a forgotten, like often overlooked year of fish. They they toured so heavy in that year. Yeah. Um, the summer tour was interesting. You know, they started in KC and then they went down through the south and then up the east coast and then back towards the Midwest and finished at Deer Creek. And I'm just, like, at, like, Alpine. I still haven't, like, finished, like, the whole thing. But there's just, you know, every era, every year has its own unique sound. And Mm -hmm. I can pinpoint with a fair amount of accuracy, if if a show is coming on, I'm like, hmm, is this... Like, I'll know if it's late 90s. And I'll I'll know if it's, like, you know, the, the difference in sound from, like, 95, 96 to 97 is pretty... It, they changed. Like the band changed a lot Definitely. in what they were doing, and I can tell. I can tell if something is from two point and oh three oh four, and then I can also, you know. But then, like once they came back in oh nine, it's hard for me to like really distinguish their sound from one year to the next. Like if something comes on and it's from twenty thirteen, I can't distinguish that from like twenty sixteen, no. twenty seventeen type stuff. Um, it kind of depends, but. I just feel like we're at a new era yeah. of playing. They sound now, you know, there's a they're going into really deep type 2 improv jams yeah. every night. Right. A lot of the same effects are coming up, not in a bad way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, every show has got like a pretty stellar couple of jams. Yeah. Not just one big one. Right. And they jam things out that, like, they don't normally, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. improv to. And that's what's unique. And I, I'm loving it. Like, really <laughs> loving it. Yeah. Um, as they say in Mrs. Doubtfire, every night is like the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and you're a math teacher. Uh-huh. And uh, a math enthusiast. Even. Uh-huh. So what did you think about last night's numbers and math show as somebody who <laughs> follows patterns for a living i did not recognize the pattern <laughs> yeah. that happened last night it, it it dawned on me i mean you said it at separate you're like every song has a number and i'm like oh i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe i didn't realize that well it's i, I thought about this because when you're at the show it's a little bit harder to think of the set list in those terms right when you're on twitter or you're watching the webcast sure you're just like 
all you're doing is looking at the set list right. as it comes out. So right. people online noticed it immediately, whereas it took it took halfway through the set or longer for me to be like, oh, numbers, interesting. Yeah. And then somebody pointed out, yeah, they're they're going down, mm -hmm. and uh, what does it all mean? And, yeah. You know. Well, and and that's what I mean. The thing of it is, is like. When you think of what the band is doing when they're on tour, they are sitting around in the back stage of that arena talking. And when they came out, when when Trey when Trey did that documentary that's on Amazon or yeah. whatever it is, that was such a good portrayal of or like insight information as he's to, listing out all the songs. Well, not even that. It's just it's just like. The guy is sitting there, and he's like, he's. They're so creative. The, the, these four guys are so creative. They're creative as a as a unit. They sit around and they just talk, and they've talked about it on a lot of podcasts. And it's like all these ideas that they have, all these events and things that they do at the show, come out of these dumb ideas because they're four best friends. Yeah, locked in a room. An example, to each other. one example is the Baker's Dozen, the whole concept right. of the Baker's Dozen. Did you know where that came from? The Boston cream joke of... Well, yeah, <laughs> but it was, so it was, it was uh, October 22nd, 2010 at the Dunkin' Donuts Arena, <laughs> and it was the Providence Civic Center, mm -hmm. and they changed it to Dunkin' Donuts, and I think Fishman came up with like, oh... Now that it's a donut theme, uh -huh. we should do like <laughs> donut night. A dozen shows, or or that we should do like a donut. That's how the idea came about, and it was the Boston Cream. And then they were like, and they were just joking around, mm -hmm. and they were like, "What if you meshed up Boston and Cream into a song, and you did like the what? I forget what the name of the song is on." From that show, uh, more than a feeling. Well, it's more than a, it's more than a. Oh, uh, so, the sunshine of your love. The sunshine of your feeling. Of your feeling. Yeah, right, right. They like created that, and I, that's ultimately where the idea started. And then they just have these ideas, and they just go. They just run with it. You know, if the funny thing is, as a teacher, you know, there's this concept of of uh, it's called problem project based learning, or like a, a way to like solve certain problems, and you take this approach of like. You know, their ultimate question, in my opinion, that they're asking themselves is, what if we did this? And then they go through the problem-solving thing, and it's yeah. like, okay, how do we make that a reality? Mm -hmm. Could we do that? Like, is that something we could do? And, and, and they just sit around, and they're just... It's all, it's all just a punctuated, joke Punctuated with, wouldn't that be funny if... Right, right, yeah. right. And, and then they're like, wait, that, we could do that. Let's just do it. Let's Why just not? do it. Why not? Another example is the long set at Big Cypress. Right. Uh, they talked about it for right. years. What What would it be like if we just played for a very long time? Right. And so they took them years to think it out, flesh it out. And they had the opportunity and they yeah. went for it. Yeah. And so I, I think I think we're you know I I've never heard of the numbers show. Have you heard of the? Con I mean, apparently people have said that there's going to be like an animal. I've thought about that. Even even dogs, specifically dogs only. You could get a whole set at least out of that. Yeah. But yeah, an animal show an is, animal is show, obvious. And it, and that's the one where I'm like, well, if, if each night. I mean, that's the thing is like. Have they been waiting to do Vegas and like, okay, these four nights, we're going to do like these theme nights. Yeah. And, um, 
it's a, it, it it'll be interesting. I'm I'm uh, I, I Halloween is my favorite absolute favorite fish. Yeah, I agree. Experience. Um, I really try not to miss it. Better I than can. New Year's, you think? Yeah, just you know, New Year's is great and it's cool. I, I love New Year's. Don't get me wrong. And you're in New York, you know, if you're at the Garden and you go to New Year's, it's just a, it's it's a it's a hard ticket. Yeah. It is, um, and it's really fun. It's very theatrical and it's really cool yeah. and it's a spectacle. But fish covering an album or doing some. Th- like either writing something or writing an album or that's where you see the ultimate creativity in my opinion along with just their raw talent yeah but it's it's a cool it's such a cool concept other bands try to like kind of emulate it and try to do stuff but they just don't you know like it's I, the, yeah it's not the same maybe that's because we're huge fish fans true but, yeah but yeah the surprise element is a big part of it yeah and uh like other bands will do covers uh-huh like you know widespread panic will do like and they'll play some they'll play some you know crazy covers songs that you would not expect them to play you know they'll do they'll do like michael jackson but they'll just do a one-off you know, right. and it's kind of in the middle of the set i don't know if panic does three sets on halloween i think it's just two um, you know, I don't even know what My Morning Jacket does. You know, they're both those bands are playing in New Orleans this weekend. Oh, right. Yeah. And so I don't know, you know, I think Panic will be a standard Panic show with a bunch. And they, they dress up and stuff like that, but um, I don't know what the Jacket does. And those are, you know, my other, like, bands that I, like, in my formative years have gotten into. But, um, but yeah, Halloween's so cool. So what do you, what do you think they're going to do? do for well that second set on halloween i think it's a fool's errand to uh try and predict what fish is going to do uh-huh. any night but certainly for halloween it's fun to kind of speculate a little bit I, there are certainly albums that i would like to see fish perform uh-huh. number one you know this is harry nelson nelson schmelson uh-huh. i just have, ever since i heard that album for the first time thought Man, this would be a perfect fish yeah. fish record. Yeah. What is that what you like in a perfect world, if you could choose what they are going to play, what would you want? You know, uh Led Zeppelin one also I think would be a perfect fit. It's kind of on the nose, it's a little bit obvious. Uh and they've they've played a few songs off of that record, I uh-huh. think, in the past. But um yeah, you know, it's like in the years that uh so I think three times they've done something that is not a traditional cover album. So when they did Wingsuit, when they did Kazvat Voxed, when they did uh, Chilling Thrilling, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Halloweens, but I love Chilling Thrilling. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I would prefer that they don't do that again this year. I mean, it's a cool thing, and it seems like they have a lot of fun writing new material for these, right. these things. Right, right. Personally, I really just want to see an album, one that I know or one that I've never heard of before. Right. That I can get into and see what they do with it. Yeah, I that's the other thing is that I during this time I spend my time this year not so much. I've just been super busy. But no trying to, you know, if people are, you know, you're on the internet, people are talking about albums. And you're like, oh, crap, I haven't listened to, like, I just don't know that much Zappa. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, it's just not part of, I, 
I, I, I want to get into it. I know it's going to be a rabbit hole, so I'm kind of like hesitant to. And I want to listen to more Zappa, but... And so that's something where if Fish did say Zappa, I would be like, okay, cool, bring it on. No. But I just don't know. I'm not going to know it. Yeah. And that's where it's like I, I get nervous about Halloween. I get anxious about it because I'm like... I need to know these albums. It's fun when you know it. Yeah, and I remember in 2016, you know, they did Ziggy Stardust, and th- that was an album that I really didn't know. Really? But I knew, hadn't I knew, you heard a lot of those songs? I mean, Yeah, I had heard, like, Starman, I'd heard, like, Moon Age Daydream, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't something that I, I, I like, when they did, uh, oh, gosh, what's the song? Like, the part where, like, the Wham Bam, Thank You Ma'am, I forget what song that is on the album. I've listened to the album a bunch of times after, and I, I love that album. It's, it's turned into one of my favorite albums. But, like, when you're there and every single person knows mm-hmm. the song and they know the cue and you're, like, standing there and you're like, ah, crap, I wish I knew this. <laughs> like, I wish I wish that I was yeah. clued in and I'm just not. And and that's where I, I, wa- I again, yeah, I want it to be an album I, I know and that I love. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, that's why for me, Zep One, you know, uh-huh. as soon as as soon as they start Good Times, Bad Times, uh, I personally would be like, we're in for an hour of just like Rock and roll. what I want to, you know, ev- I know every second mm-hmm. on that record, I right. grew up with right. it. Right, right. So that's where like, yeah, but you know, if we're going to go down Andy's personal list. Yeah. Yeah, so last night, by the way. Uh, that Hendrix song, if six uh-huh. were nine, yeah, it, that was in E flat. He got his Koa two, uh-huh. which was detuned to E flat, yeah, which is how Hendrix played all always. Really, I didn't. I didn't know it was always. Yeah, that was just like his thing, and it's it's not uncommon. A lot of sure. a lot of sure. bands will do that because pe- a lot of people's vocal register is better, just slightly lower right. down in E flat. It loosens the tension on the strings and you know it's a subtle subtle difference in playing but i thought that was a good touch because he could have they could have done that song in e and he would on the same guitar right it would have sounded just the same except for a half step you know higher right but the fact that he put the guitar there picked it up for that song they played it in e flat Uh and then he got his other guitar back on just what a what a beautiful attention to detail. Yeah. Just what a chef's yeah. kiss. Right. Right. <laughs> that's the professionalism that we're looking for. That's, yeah. that's what we pay money to see. Is yeah. The, it's little things. Um, what do you think of his new guitar, the 4.0 guitar? I mean, hey, he seems to like it, and he seems to be playing really well on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah. I love it. What are you are you notice what are you noticing about the new guitar different from old guitars? Well, uh he's he's always been able to get a really good long note and a good sustain. Uh-huh. I mean he's been doing that a lot. Not just yeah. in You Enjoy Myself where there's always that long right. note. Uh which by the way, at the forum during that song, during that note, he did he wasn't able to hold it the whole, the whole time. If you go back and really? listen. Really? I I, yeah. I don't know if I 
Yeah, he wasn't able to, to, to keep it going. But yeah. but he's been doing that note in other songs uh-huh. throughout the tour where he just bends a note and just holds it there. And, uh-huh. and of course, the crowd goes wild. Yeah. It's, it's a big thing. It's It reminds me of the scene in Spinal Tap mm-hmm. where Nigel <laughs> Tufnell says, can you hear the sustain on this is wicked. You know, the... Ah. Yeah. Goes, can you, you, can, you can hear the sustain. All right. I don't hear anything. He's like, you would if you <laughs> if it were playing. If it were playing, <laughs> well, can you play it? No, I'm not gonna play it. He puts it down. <laughs> It'd be dude. Spinal Tap. Uh, smell the glove. I'd love to hear you play love, that. Oh my god! Because that'd be a perfect, oh a perfect would... blend of comedy and rock. You know. So and it's right up their alley. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be. That would be because all you know that is an album and all those it songs are on there. Sex yeah. Farm Woman and Yeah Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight. Those uh-huh. songs are yeah. really good. Those, that's a they really... are good songs. I, it's um, yeah. I want gosh Stonehenge. I mean, imagine the Stonehenge coming down. I know a little one too, <laughs> like 18 inches tall. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd just be too perfect. It would be that would be great. That really would be super super funny. I. Um, Gosh, I, I I mean, there's so many albums that I w- would love. To, uh, you know, I've heard, you know, Physical Graffiti. Like, just on the internet, what I've been hearing is Physical Graffiti is one. You know, I think, you know, what I remember is that 2009, before Festival 8, and this is a story, I don't know if it's valid, but, you know, they were killing an album every day. Right, they had that big list on, of albums. On my was... lunch break, I would go to Fish.com every single day, <laughs> leading up to that, and going, what what's happening? Yeah, and that was great. And it was great. And apparently, somebody went through the like when on on like the code for that page, they had to label, they had to show the rights of each of those album covers. Interesting. So if you went into the code, like looked at the web that website on the code level, you saw each photo and the order in which it was being killed. Apparently. Oh, wow. And somebody said, and I don't know if this is true. This is just something I read on the internet, so take it for what it's worth. Yeah. But the code said, and it was, it was, it was going down, all the way down, and then at the end, every album was being eliminated. And the last code, last line of code on there was Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. Because it was the album that us, that was not on the wall, and that was the one that was killing all of the other albums. I gotcha. And I, I mean, the rumors were swirling in '95 that they were going to do Thriller. That was a big thing, yeah. and I think the band started those rumors. Yeah, I, I, they're good. I, at, I've they're like good heard things. something recently where that, like, that's what they were doing. But they ended up like, I, and then and then they did they did Exile on Main Street. What was interesting about Exile on Main Street um, was the fact that. That year, I don't know if it was like some anniversary or something, but like that album was kind of all over the place. They did like a remastered version of it, and I just don't know if at some at somehow if they did that album with some sort of um, backing from like the the industry. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm talking out of turn, but like. They maybe, in my opinion, it just seemed like the the whole that whole year there was like this big exile on Main Street. Like they re-released the yeah. record, 
they did like an anniversary edition or something like that. And it was, it was all over the place. It was like being advertised and it was like fish did it. And I'm like, that's just, it, it, it's, it, maybe it's a coincidence, but it just seemed to... I remember that. It, it just seemed... It, it seems so like... Huh. It's interesting that they did that and they're advertising the crap out of this album. Yeah. On like every, every ad you're seeing was about that, that album. I, yeah. That's, that's what I thought. But I, I could be completely, completely wrong. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Festival 8 in Exile on Main Street, that was my last Halloween show uh-huh. that we both attended. Yeah. And, uh, which was 12 years ago now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I missed my birthday show by one day because yeah. they did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 30th, 31st, and November right. 1st. Yeah, I flew in on your birthday. So today will be my first birthday, birthday fish show. That's awesome. In, uh, 18 years of seeing the band. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, my birthday is a week from Saturday. Or, yeah, a week from Saturday, and I've never, they're always, I mean, I think... That's always the break, right? Yeah, I mean, unless they, like, started the tour with Halloween and then toured through November, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think in 96, I think that was the last time my birthday was on November 6th that was played. Um, But I always, I I look at Halloween as, like, this is my birthday present. Yeah, dude. I'm just going to go. Me too. So, a little stat recap here. I saw my first fish show March 1st, 2003, Greensboro Coliseum uh-huh. in Greensboro. Yeah. And since then, I up to last night in Vegas, I've seen 40 fish shows. Okay. What was your first show and how many have you seen since then? Uh, my first show was September 25th, 2000. And it was in Bonner Springs, Kansas. Um, it, it, the, the amphitheater was called Sandstone. It's a dump. Mm-hmm. I hate that place, but I had sentimental I had sentimental values there, and that's where we saw them in '03 in the summer. Um, And then I last night was 191 fish shows, and so um, I'm not going to get to 200. I'll get to 200 next year, um, but we're doing this and we're doing Mexico, so I'll be at 198 after Mexico. Um, Solid numbers. Yeah. So. It's a little ridiculous, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I had a, I had a, a one of my teachers growing up, um, he was a big music guy, really into Eric Clapton and stuff, and, and I remembered, I forget what, it, I was back home from college or something like that, and we were, like, going out and getting a burger and stuff like that, and he's like, are you going, are you going to go see Fish, or are you going to go to shows, and I, I think I said, like, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna go, just for, for whatever reason. And he goes, yeah, I skipped out on seeing Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan at Alpine Valley, and I didn't go because I'm like, oh, I'll just catch him next time they're around. And then Stevie Ray Vaughan dies. Yeah. And he had a buddy that was a big deadhead, and he was like, yeah, I didn't go to Soldier Field in 95, because I'll just catch him the next time. Mm-hmm. And that was a very, you know, hearing those stories really made me, he was like, he goes, he's like, man, just, you just go. If you yeah. have a means to go, you should go. He goes, you do you, but if this is your thing and you like to go see concerts and this yeah. is your favorite band, like, you should, you should not be sitting it out. 
That's why, that's exactly uh, has been my attitude this year. You know, I moved to Los Angeles in 2008, mm-hmm. right when Fish got back together again. So yeah. I, like months after I moved to the West Coast, they start touring heavy on the East Coast uh-huh. and the Midwest. And for years, I could maybe catch one or two shows a year. Right. Maybe. Right. There were years I didn't see any fish shows. But this year, with the, the pandemic being what it was, and with this monster West Coast tour that they uh-huh. planned, I just made a point like, I'm, I'm going to do as many shows as I can. I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm going to make it to 10 shows this year, which is the most I've ever done yeah. in, in one year before. Yeah. And uh, I don't regret that decision at all. Right. Yeah, there are times where I've there are times I've been on tour, like, and I've gone on tour by myself. Like, I would just I I would ask you know friends. I'd be like, Hey, do you want to go? Can you can you go? And they're like, No. And I'm like, Well, I can go. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> and you just get in the car, and I would drive across the country, and you know these long, long like eighteen hour days just crushing miles and driving across the country. And like, I don't know, it's, you do what you want to do when you want to do it. I remember being on tour in 2012 and I was with this guy and it was just like, we, I drove all the way from like, gosh, I started in Cincinnati and ended at Alpine with my car. And my buddy drove my car back to Kansas City and I flew to New York to do two shows at Jones Beach, three shows at SPAC. And those SPAC 2012 shows were awesome, by mm-hmm. the way. That was, that was really fun. And even Jones Beach. I mean, that was like the tucking like tour where like fishermen, I mean, they were doing a hold your head up and a vacuum thing like every night. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. But I just remember like that year, I remember being on someone else's clock and they were having a really good time. They wanted to have, you know, they wanted to have more fun than I wanted to have. And it just wasn't my, like, my my crew. I was just kind of tagging along and met a lot of people. And I still see those people, like, every, you know, I'll see them at shows. But it was just something where I'm like, I don't want to wait on you. I don't want... Yeah to be staying in a hotel room with you. That's and why I got my own room this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done that plenty of times. And it's just something where it's like, I want to do what I want to do. And even now, like, you know, it's me and my wife and then a buddy from college and then his his good buddy from law school. And we're all in a room. And I like to take it easy. I like to, like, lay down and sleep and, like, rest all day. Because it's we're so busy, but you know everybody else is like, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know. And you're like, okay, okay, like I'll go, but it, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know, and so it's um, it, it's it's one of those things where you know you got to find your happy medium. You got to know when to stop and just be like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed, or I gotta go, I gotta go take a nap. Like this is what I'm gonna do. You can go do whatever you want, and it's fine, you know. And everybody, you know, respects that and stuff like that. But it's uh, traveling and seeing shows. You know, I'm—I'll ex- be the first to say I'm extremely stubborn in what I want. I mean, just in all facets, facets of life, I'm just a stubborn person, and I, I try to work on those. I don't know. This is a podcast about <laughs> my feelings, but uh, <laughs> but it, you know, it's it's something where it's like, all right, I gotta like let go, and then when you let go and you like do what other people want to do, it's like, oh, this is really fun. Like last night. Yeah. 
you know, we got in just a tad late because we've been sitting in front of Corona. Yeah. And I want the perfect sound. I want all the lights. And our other friends were like, yeah, we're like in the 10th row on Mike's side. And it's like, okay, let's go down there. Let's check it out. And there was plenty of space. Ended up being an awesome and spot. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. Being, I don't get that close very often. It depends on a, uh, on, on a, um, if it's a GA show and it's outside, all GA, then I'll get close. And I, get, I go up on the sides. And I'll be like second row, but I'll be like far away um, from the band. And it's great, you know, and, and it's really cool to be that close and you get to really see what Trey's doing. You know, yeah. Trey has a lot of arm hair, by the way. <laughs> Something I've noticed. Like, it's just like... These are the things that you get like, to whoa. think about. Like, and then once I got LASIK, I was like, I could really yeah, see yeah, arm yeah. hair. No, I, I liked being close last night because I haven't been that close in years. Yeah. And you definitely see the show from a more intimate way, and, and you can see their facial expressions. You can see them looking at each other uh-huh. in the jams and, right. and, and finding out what's going on in the jams. If they do any kind of little funny gag or bit or something, you're just that much more a part of it. Because if I'm further back, I'm kind of gauging their crowd reaction a little bit. I'm, I'm squinting. What, what are they doing up uh-huh. there that's getting everybody's attention? You right, know? right. Uh, it might sound great back there and look awesome with the lights and everything, but... I, I really liked last night feeling like I could see what they were doing mm-hmm. in the moment. From where we were, you know, you could really see what Mike was doing. Uh-huh. And you could really see what Fishman was doing, too. It was really nice. And then, like, you could see Trey, but you were at, like, a vantage point where you're, like, you're looking at him, and you're, like, you see the head of the guitar, and you see, like, that. And But you could see his strumming hand really really well i was i had this vantage point where i was like like looking down his guitar almost and when he was using his effects like something i noticed was like he was like barely touching the strings and but he was using these effects and it was like Mm -hmm. it was so loud and it was so like like such a strong sound but it was such a soft touch yeah and it was such a cool like it was like little things like that that i noticed that was like really really cool Favorite show this tour? Oh gosh, um, <sighs> or this year? Uh, top yeah, top three. I mean, I would say I, I would I would one hundred percent say L A for sure is one of them for this year. Um, the first night of the first night of, uh, of of Deer Creek was really good. The Blaze On Jam that they they hit some sort of like I don't know if you call it a crescendo or, or like just this. This uh, chord progression that they'll create out of a jam, and, and it, it, it's happened in other jams too. But it was like, this is really awesome. This is really awesome. This, you know, you're like in your head, you're like, is, is this, this it? is it right here? Is this it? Is this is this is this the good stuff? Like this? Uh-huh. Okay, this is the good stuff. Is this the best? Is this what I like the most? I have a I have such a hard time now with going to all the shows I've gone to ranking them. Yeah, I get that. It's like, there's aspects, I mean, there was aspects of Nashville that I really liked. Nashville was really hot. Like, second set, first night of Nashville, first set, second night of Nashville were really, really good. I'm try, you know, I thought San Francisco was really awesome. That show like, Sunday really, night was really, like, really I, awesome. I think might have been the best fish show I've personally ever seen. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, when, when people go, like, Joe, what's your favorite fish show? You know, what I gravitate towards is 
Alpine Valley 2003. Okay. And I and uh, December 29th, 2003, second set. Miami. The Miami. And that second, I mean, and it's just, I think that there's an element of when things are new to you and, and they happen... Like when you when you when you haven't been to any fish shows, and then let's say you go to like twenty, and there's like the one that sticks out, and you're like, that was the night. That was the night that everything made sense. That was the night you have. There's like clarity, but there's also like I don't think it can get better than that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you go back and compare things to like that first experience, then it's like. You know, it, it it it's it's hard to because when you're when you're young and and you 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 have these experiences for the first time. Like for example, like let's say you're in high school and you go to a high school dance and you're a freshman and you're like, this is cool, this is fun, I'm having a good time, but I'm a freshman. And then like sophomore year, you have more friends and you know more people. And you go to a high school dance, and for whatever reason, they play Michael Jackson, and you are having an absolute blast. And and then, like... It sounds like uh, you're speaking from experience. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, but then, like, senior year, you're at a dance, and then you're like, I don't know, I felt like I had more fun when I was a sophomore, and it was new. Yeah. Like, I've done this before. Yeah, the, the entire experience has a lot to do with it. So, fish playing is one part of, uh-huh. the, of the puzzle. Right. And then your experience traveling to the city and, right. and what's your what's your hotel arrangement right. and who's right. the crew that you're with. Right. All that has a lot to do with it. So, yeah, I've, I've had experiences where I was like, man, you know, like at Dick's, uh-huh. we always go with a big crew. Right. And I'm like, I, I could not even tell you which uh, set was my favorite, uh-huh. but I could tell you certain years or certain days where it was like the crew was had, perfect. And we just had so much fun. And we just had a blast. And that that's, and, and you're exactly right. Like there's so many factors into a really good fish show. It's like, how are you feeling? Are you tired? Have you been up? Were you up really late? Like, did you take the early flight? And did you get a nap today? Like, there are so many things that go into it that 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 that, that dictate your night. And then at the same time, it's like I think something's awesome, and then the person next to me was like, "That was terrible." Yeah. Like I remember in 2014, I did Canandaigua, Detroit, and Chicago, and I, I met this guy, and we we ended up traveling together, and he was like. The third night, Sunday night of Randall's Island, second set was some of the best fish I've ever seen. Wow, cool! Like, I look at the set list and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, like, whatever, okay. And then we go to, you know, and then they played in Detroit, and Detroit was one of those nights where it was like they just played weird songs. It was just a weird night. But I love that's the kind of, like I like those shows where you where they they play those songs that are kind of like. You know, the bu- like say like a bust out night, but they're not jamming, mm-hmm. and it's like more of like a rock and roll show. And I was like, "This is what I want. I want them upstage uh, on stage, being like, what should we play? Oh, oh, you want to play Camel Walk? Cool. I'm like, yeah, so we haven't played. Yeah, we haven't played Camel Walk in a while. Let's do that. You know, that kind of show to me is I like that more for whatever reason. You know, I'm more of a song selection." kind of guy when it comes to shows versus what it was like. I, I listened to, like, Night One of Eugene. Uh, you know, we bought a new house, so I'm painting and 
doing stuff, so I like put on the AirPods and put the show on. And I remember being like looking at the set list and being like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. like kind of mm-hmm. glad, like not like glad I wasn't there, but like okay, I didn't feel like I the FOMO wasn't uh, the FOMO off the charts. wasn't off the charts. Yeah. And, and I listened to the show and I'm like, this is rocking. This is great. Like this is like they're killing it right now. You know, and then people were saying that like the um, the second night um, of like Eugene was better, and I haven't listened to that yet. But like yeah. you know, I, I can I can listen to the shows and I can be like I would be having a blast if I was there. Like yeah. I know that. Like I know, regardless of what they play, I would be having such a fun time. But it just, it you know, but everybody's experience is different. And what people like, I mean, people were talking about that, that uh, the third night of Deer Creek, and about how, like, and it was just the weirdest second set. Like, they were just going in and out of all this stuff. It's like, what song are they playing? Yeah. And because they played, like, a line of, I forget what it was, but they were, like, they were playing something, and it was like, they only played it for, like, a minute. So that does that dictate that you write it down on the set list type thing? And Yeah, I think there's a lot of gray area with, when that sort of thing happens. Yeah. And it's like the show notes. It's like those shows uh-huh. where it's like, and those are always <laughs> regarded, you know, when you read the fish almanac yeah. and it was like, you know, you see standard sets and all that. And then it's like the one night where it's like, there's like five paragraphs of like, Tons okay, of well notes. this is, they did this. They did, they teased this. They yeah. went in and out of that. And you're like, Oh, that show sounds like really crazy. And it is, but it's like, is that what I like? Or is that with somebody else? likes and it's hard to you know but that's but that's what's so awesome about this band exactly that's half the appeal right there you can talk about this band for hours and hours and hours and hours and when you meet somebody that's like a fish fan like so i went to some like gosh it was a it was a graduation party last year and I ran into this guy, and he didn't look like a fish fan necessarily, but like we started talking, and he goes, "Oh yeah." And this is right when I was listening to all those 1999 shows. And I'm like, I'm like, what was it like to be on tour? Like how is it you know, like what was different about it? And he goes, I forget. I remember he said this. He said like on night in, in, in the fall tour of 1999, they had this distinct sound. Every night it was just like they picked up where they left off. It was leading up to Big Cypress mm-hmm. because Big Cypress always like over. It's like everybody talks about Big Cypress yeah. and they don't talk about the rest of the year. Yeah, and that's why I was sort of. That's what I. It was like the Big Cypress podcast came out, and like I was like, man, I I I've listened to Big Cypress so many times, but you know what? I never listened to like anything else from even now. even twelve thirty, right, <laughs> right, and it's like everybody talks about the Mike song from that, and it's like okay, but but. He said that, like, he goes, every night you knew could be, like, the greatest show ever. And, like, you know, I, I, you know, there was another podcast where they were talking about the summer of 1997 and people that went on tour. And it was like, they didn't care about, like, sometimes they didn't go to the shows because they were like, oh, we got to watch the dogs in the parking lot tonight. Uh huh. You know what I mean? It was like, from that perspective, it's like, wait, you're on tour in nineteen outside of the venue, <laughs> and you're not going into the show, and tickets are available, like twenty two dollar tickets. You got to be kidding me right now! But that's just, you know, again, that's like that's what they that's that's their experience. Mm-hmm. That's how they want to do things, and it's different from what I'm doing. And it's hard for me to identify with that in particular. But, but yeah. it was, uh, but I, I I told him I'm like, yeah, we're gonna go all of these, go to all these shows, and he goes, man, I'm super jealous. 
and he's like, but I, I love that band, and I wish I could go. I think I think he's coming to. Ve- I think he was like trying to get Vegas tickets. I really think he was trying to come here, but. So what I thought we would do is we're going to go see Fish tonight. Uh-huh. It's going to be awesome. Uh-huh. Birthday show. Yeah. Uh, we'll see about the theme or whatever. Maybe they'll just, maybe they won't do a theme. I mean, I, yeah. they probably will, but. Yeah. We'll try and, we might have to try and do a uh, post yeah. Halloween yes. remote podcast. Yes. We'll see what the, uh, what the costume ends up being. Yeah. Cool. I look forward to it. All right. Have fun tonight. All right. And uh, we'll too, catch up with you tomorrow. All right. Happy birthday. I don't even know where to begin because uh, there's a lot I want to ask you about your experience uh-huh. on Sunday night. Right. Because um, right. that was that was just wild. We'll get to that. But first, yeah. what were your takeaways from Friday and Saturday night's concerts? So Friday night, you know, I'm going to pull up the set list. You know, Friday night see, was just a standard show um, when it came to, you know, just the normal fish show. You know, you, the the like the song selection I, I really really loved. Um, you know, you got Olivia's Pool and Axilla Part Two. That was twenty minutes. Yeah, um, and that was just awesome. You know, and, and and I think you know we mentioned this earlier how they just it doesn't it, it got to a point on this tour where like it doesn't matter what they play it it matters how they're playing. And, you know, I'm historically like I'm a I'm like a I'm like a song selection kind of guy. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not you know, if they play a jam during a song, I I remember it and I like it. And that's why I'm there. But I'm also like I'm chasing songs. You know, I want to hear certain certain songs and I want to be there. And so um, I thought the Axilla part two was really good. I thought the mics and the week of pog was really strong. Mm -hmm. Um and then I always wanted it this way. I have to go back and listen to that. A lot of people were talking about that and how awesome it was. And so I'm, uh, I got, I got to go back and listen to that. But like the, the second set, like Tweezer into Funky Bitch into Reba into Sand was yeah. just incredible. And like the walk away, and we got, um, and the Julius was really good. And the tweezer reprise. You know, it was weird. It was like the crowd reaction for Julius was like as if they hadn't played it in like five years. Yeah, and it was like they had I, just did you notice that? It. it was. I'm like, I'm like, huh? I'm like it's Julius. It's, like it's only been a week, but you know, yeah, that song was like uh, conspicuously absent from a lot of the tour. But, yeah, but they and like play there it. were a lot of songs they did. You know, like I, I was waiting for a punch, punch you in the Me eye. Too, yeah. And like, and it, they, they never played at this tour. And so, like, I know that kind of stuff happens, but like, I was like, Julius, like, I've heard Julius so many times that, like, I don't, like, I mean, I'm always excited to hear yeah, it. It's, it's wrong, a rage. But, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't like go crazy for it. So, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, like, you big, loud, flashy, dancey song. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's always, I mean, I, I remember hearing Julius for the first time at my first show. You know, back in 2000 and being like, what is this? Like, this is good. Like, this is this. The crowd really likes this. Uh-huh. And always being a fan of it. But I, I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I thought Friday night was awesome. Saturday night, as soon as they came out with the dogs, 
Yeah. I kind I kind of knew that they were going to do the animal set, and I don't know if you and I had talked about that uh, on on Friday afternoon. But that you know, I remembered hearing that they were they had always wanted to do like an animal set, and so to hear certain things like like to get a good guy Udi, like I really I love guy Udi, and then like from then on. And the rest of that first set, like Gaiuti, Big Black Furry Creature from Mars, Shaggy Dog, Dogface Boy, the Sloth, into Llama, mm-hmm. like a segue into Llama, and then I Am the Walrus was just like yeah, that was huge. I, I it was it was it was awesome. You know, second set, I didn't know. You know, Piper, the red worm. You know, the there red was, worm. There I was were like, a few that were kind of a stretch, especially considering yeah. that they were. Le- you know, there were still plenty of like perfectly fine options. Well, and what, what, what like I'm looking at it now at like farmhouse. That one threw with me like a little the bit. Clusterflies. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But there was a, there were a couple of tunes that they didn't play. Do you know? And somebody mentioned it to me the other day, but I can't remember what it was. Well, like that, that, that would have been like, a perfect opportunity to bust out dog log. Right, right. That was one. So I felt like there were a couple of others that were like very notable. Big, you know, would have been a big bust out, and they just never. Yeah. came to fruition and it was just interesting but man the the harpua the harpua yeah. i mean i think i've seen I, that was my fourth harpua and that one i i think was probably my favorite that one had I the most so like energy behind it yeah um, it was it was uh clearly pretty important to like pay attention to that one you know right right and i was dying when uh, trey was what had me rolling laughing and i thought it was hysterical yeah i leaned over to mark and i said our buddy mark and i said joe has got to be losing his mind right now because of all the math talk and hypotenuse and hexagons right well and the funny thing is is like i'm i'm 100 following along with exactly everything he's saying and and it was like you know the circle of radius one and then you like you (laughs) cut that off and then you take that and, and you you take a circle and it, it's really, really is just a, it's a massive like what he was what they're doing is a calculus problem and it's like stuff that you do and it's like it's calc three stuff that they were did doing it, did it all check out as a math teacher oh sure oh yeah like i mean but it was it was eloquently written, you know, and eloquently yes. said. When i say those things i talk in <laughs> i talk in the simplest words as possible to to explain something in math and trey was like you know he was taught he was he he used uh talking about the distance as the square root of i forget exactly what he said but he he was talking about using the pythagorean theorem Mm -hmm. to show the distance between two points and but the way he said it was like the sum of square the square root of the sum of squares you know and (laughs) was using like eloquent um you know uh what's the word like vibrant uh verbiage you Uh know where i'm sitting there like talking in like as i'm talking to like a fifth grader you know that's how i like i when i when i talk in turn when i'm teaching people math like i try to display it as the simplest way possible so that anybody in the room can understand and he was speaking to like the math teacher slash poet you know and it was it was great it was awesome um i definitely want to go back and listen to those i just i haven't had time this week to do so yeah well anyway let's let's talk about halloween so yeah 
So, well, the story starts on like the first night because it all came down to, you know, you made it, the, the, the floor was kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And on the first night, they were just letting people in. Like, you know, I remember I'm standing in line to get my wife a drink and I'm by the doors and they were literally just handing people wristbands. <laughs> and it was this shady operation. And you're like, come on. Like, there's not, you know, tickets are cheap. Like, no, you know, there's plenty of space. But you got down to the floor because they just scanned your ticket and they were like, all right, yeah, here's a wristband. Yeah. And, you know, it happened to you. And, like, um, I just knew, I'm like, the floor was really crowded. We had a good spot on the floor on the first night. The second night, um, two of our buddies went in and got the early entry wristbands. And it was just, it was the four of us. And it was totally fine. And we, but we were close. We were probably, like, in the fifth row in front of Mike. Like, we were, we had really good seats. And then the next day, it's like, you know, and, be, and because, you know, Julia, my wife, she's short. She has a hard time seeing the stage when we're in, at the back of the floor. That's where yeah. I like to usually stand. And so she's like, can we please go back up front? And I'm like, sure, that's fine. Like, um, you know, I'll, I'll go up there. And so we try to get in and we were, we got in line, I want to say on, on Saturday night, I saw you and Mark and every, and everybody else. Cause you, you were like, Oh, this line's way too long. And that was the line you just get on the floor. And by the time we got there, we were like halfway back on the side on the rail. And it was like, if you didn't like guard your space, like somebody was going to take it. Yeah. And it was just so busy and, you know, we had heard that, like, they under, they oversold the floor, they sold too many tickets, and it was just a mess. It was an absolute mess. And so this brings us to Sunday. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, I just want to make sure that we get in and get a good spot for the whole group, because we had a big group. We had, like, eight people on the floor on Sunday. And so it was me and four other people in the group that we, we went down to go get the early entry wristband. Now, are you are you familiar with how the wristband works? I mean, vaguely, but why don't you clarify? Yeah, so it used to be, the, and, and I never did this, and so this was the first time that I ever got an early entry wristband. And so what it was is, like, people used to camp out all night and and like pay people to stand in line for like the fall the show on the following day and you would you would just find somebody on the internet you're like you need to stand in line at this point get in line and then i'll relieve you 30 minutes before the door opens and so you know everybody up there was like you know everyone that that was that, that stands in line and tries to get up close was really upset and like, you know, it got eventually it got to the band. And so the band decided to do a lottery system that like if you are in line by a certain point, usually by like three thirty, then you can get a wristband. You get in line, you get a numbered wristband, and it's usually about like three to four hundred ish wristbands or so from my understanding. And then you come back at like 5.30, and then they bring you in, you like go through security, you like get your uh, ticket scanned, all that good stuff, and then you 
you get your you get your tickets scanned and you walk in and you get in this big parking lot and then they call out one of the numbers and then that's the beginning of the line right and so when we rolled up it, people were like i mean people were like yelling at each other it was it was not a pleasant moment we're like where does this line start what's going on people are like i don't know apparently there was like a number system because they're only giving away 250 uh wristbands and so they you know at the parking lot of mgm where that was they like rick the guy who runs the security or whatever he then got on the megaphone and was like please be calm everyone that's in here will get a wristband and so we're like okay cool and it was like people were just what they wanted to get front front line and i'm like standing at the back and i'm like i really don't care i just want to get in i want to make sure that i'm in the door at a reasonable time to avoid the craziness of the last two nights of just standing in line and having you know i just want to i just want a decent spot i'm not trying to get on the rail yeah well we get back at 5.30, and my number was 8.03. So the numbers went, I think it was like 4, 4.31 to 8.17. And my number was 8.03, and they called my number. <laughs> and I'm like, like, you, effectively, like effectively making you number one. I was, I, that made me number one. I was the first person in line. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you can't be serious. And I look at everybody. I'm like, what do I do? Like, I do, I've never done this before. And they're like, you go get in line and you get to be front center. And so then I I end up like, I like get up in line and I cannot believe that I am the first person in line. <laughs> cannot believe this. And you called me at that point. And I'm like, you have, you have no idea what just happened. <laughs> and like, I can't believe it. I, I thought and you were. I thought you were up in the room getting your costume on. So I'm like, "Hey, man, how's the costume going?" And you're like, "Dude, I am first in line." <laughs> I didn't have time to put my costume on. Like, and I really, I'm really regretting it now because in theory I did have time, but it like it would have screwed up my whole system, and I was already like, yeah, super anxious and like I got to get back down. You know, it was kind of a mess just getting the wristband. And so I, we get in and I'm, I'm dead center. And the people around me, I, they were like, they were like, we don't, they were like, I don't know what you look, you know, you're not, you don't look very familiar. And so I was like, um, I was like, yeah, this is my first time. Like I never do early entry or anything like that. I never try and get close. And they were like, you know, and I told them the story and they were, everyone was so happy because they were like, we're, we like the lottery system because it gives people like you the opportunity to be front row dead center when you never thought you would ever get that. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to put in the work, even though still getting the early entry wristband yeah. is a lot of work. It, it's one of those things that you're just like, you just don't like realize, you know, it's like you can do this. But like, I don't want to spend my afternoon waiting in line with all these people. But the crazy part was, was that like people would sit down and their friends, like people in their crew who didn't have early entry wristbands come down and sit with them and they were kicking them out. <laughs> like it was, it was insane. Yeah. They're like, Hey man, we're bros, but sorry, you don't have an early entry wristband. You can't sit here. You yeah. got to find your own place to sit. Like go find somewhere else. Sorry. 
we need our space. And it was like, you, I'm like watching this happen. And I just could not believe what I was witnessing. I mean, I can believe it, but like, you know, you hear these stories of like, what it's like down in those first couple of rows. It's like, I'm always like, Oh God, I don't even want to, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to, I don't want the confrontation. It's not how I want to operate. Like, that's not how I want to spend my time. Like if people are going to stand near me, that's, you know, and it happened at the forum where like these couple guys like stood in front of us and they were, they were like talking and it's like, "Eh, come on fellas. Like, you know, that's not cool. But at the same time, it's like, I, I get why people are like that, but it's just a foreign concept to me. And I'm just not that confrontational when it comes to being at a concert like that and, and approaching people like that. Mm-hmm. So, but it was, it was wild, man. I mean, it was just, and then I'm at the show. I mean, and this is like, I was, we were front row at a tab show one time in, in Vail. This was like, I'm on the rail. It was literally, I felt like I was the only person at the concert. Literally. Because yeah. I, I, the only people I could see was, was you know, Paige, Trey, John, and Mike. And that was, it was so wild. And the stage really isn't that big. And I forget how short of a guy Trey is. <laughs> and Fishman is really short, you know, when you're right there. And so, gosh, I mean, you look, you watch the webcast and I'm right there. You know, when you watch those first few things and you see those photos on the internet, I think like live for live music. I'm like on like their Facebook, I'm on their like Instagram posts. And it's crazy. It's insane. I, it, it's so wild. And then, uh, gosh, the, uh. When they did that acapella song of, uh, you know, I am in Miami I am in or Miami. I, am, I am in Miami or whatever it is. I mean, I was, I mean. Yeah, I saw the picture you took of that moment. It was like, it just and, looked like. And Trey, and Trey <laughs> is just staring at me. Like, it's it's so wild. And and I'm, I'm looking at these guys and I feel like I'm making eye contact with them. But I'm like, you know, they're probably looking at somebody else. And but the, the crew that, that, that didn't sit there that I was with, they were like, dude, Trey was like looking at you. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you, was he though? Like, I just, I just don't know. And they were like, yes, he was. And so one of the things was, it was during Get More Down. So to, to segue into the actual Halloween set, which I thought was really, really fun and cool. You know, I mean, it's kind of what I expected that they were going to do. Um, I, I really wanted an album and I know you did too, but gosh, it, it was such a, it was so funny. It was so great yeah. because you realize they had been writing these songs for months and once get more down came on it was a really really weird intro that was like you know really like just off it was just really weird mm-hmm. but then they go into that fishman that that sound clip that he would do the one where he's laughing like the <laughs> yeah yeah you know that thing and when they did that and when they broke into that I was crying. I was laughing so hard yeah. because, and they, and they were laughing too. And like, I, 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 it, to me, I felt like I, I, I like locked eyes with Trey and he could see, I had a mask on, but he could see like, like my eyes. And I was like belly laughing, like so hard. And I tried to be I'm like, I hope I'm not like making noise and they can hear me. 
like that I'm laughing. Like, I, you know, I, like, I don't know these things. And there were like a lot of like weird things about being in the front row that I, that I was like very like self-conscious of. It was like, oh, should I be dancing? Like I'm on the webcast. Like the guy's like cameras, like staring right at me. Like it, I, it was just weird. Um, but they definitely, I definitely felt that Trey saw me laughing and was like, all right, yeah, good. We got somebody at least. And he thought, and I, and it, like, it was like this crazy, crazy moment where he and I were like, he's like, this is hilarious, isn't it? Like, this is really funny, isn't it? I really liked um, the howling. I thought mm-hmm. that was the, uh, I thought it, the, the funk level was, was really raised during that. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. I just, I just had such a, so much fun just being witness to all of that. It was, it was a new thing. I wonder if they'll keep this concept going in the future. Yeah, uh, it's hard to say. I, I think, yeah, I think the concept of them doing an album of somebody else might be, it might be gone. Might be done. You know, and as much as I hate to say it, I, I just think that, you know, these guys, they like playing, they like writing music so much that, that, that that's all they do is they sit around and they create and they create. But I think we all know that it's it's them just sitting in a room, talking to each other, laughing. Like we see in in that in that most recent documentary, and it's like this is where these ideas come from. They're just saying dumb, stupid things, and they're like, "Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this?" And then they're like, "Wait, we should do that," you know. And that I think is what is so great about this band. And that, you know, they would rather create their own and laugh about it than learn all of Purple Rain. You know, I'm sure that they're like, I think we could do that. But it's it's we we are living in such a cool, special time to be able to witness this. I I was talking to somebody the other day and it's like, do 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 you sit down and consider this one of the best years of fish? Can you legitimately say that? And I, I think it's up there as, as one of the best years. Absolutely. And the fact that I was able to see so many shows and uh, to be a part of it was, and to have good seats and to be front row at this concert was like, it's like, okay, now what? You know, what do, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going, but like, could it, could it get better? Like, could it <laughs> continue? Could this path continue? And so, you know, we're not doing New Year's Eve, but we did, we are going to go to Mexico. And so um, we're really excited for that. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for uh, spending some time, some more time with me talking about that Halloween experience. It's yeah. pretty incredible that you got Absolutely. right up in the center, front row center. You know, how many times yeah. does that happen? Well, I should probably go buy, I, should, I shouldn't go buy a, a Powerball ticket because I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, play those numbers. So yeah, great, great chatting with you, man. I always love sitting here chatting music with you and, um, you know, glad, glad that we're, we're back on the airwaves and, um, you know, look forward to to doing this again. Absolutely. So yeah, man, hope to see you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. I won't be seeing you this weekend. I've seen you like every weekend. We've got to hang out a lot. We've got to hang out a lot this year. It's been great. So yeah, let's let's be in touch and uh, you know 
enjoy your your holiday season. Likewise. And, um, happy happy yeah, early birthday. Man. Oh, thank you. Yes, and you happy birthday as well. All right. We'll talk to you soon, All Joe. Right, buddy. Thanks, man. Sounds good, man. Absolutely. Take care.